to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Well, hello, lady friends, and welcome to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I am your co-host, Julie Graham, and you may or may not know about me that I was married to my college sweetheart for 11 and a half years. We had our son Lincoln together, and then about a year ago, he passed away. So now I am um, single again, which, you know, that's still kind of weird, but I'm also starting to get used to it and you know, kind of thinking through what it might be like to date again and remarry. So that's kind of me when it comes to the marriage convo. Who are you, lady? No, and we are having that convo today. Mm -hmm. I am Darlene Brock, and I've been married, as I always say, a thousand and ten years. In fact, I think I mentioned to you a little bit ago that I hardly remember my life without my husband. I bet that would be hard. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's been a great ride. Not a perfect ride, but a great ride. Uh, One thing I love about you guys is, you know, there are some people who stick out and stay married for a long time for their kids or just because it would just be messy and complicated to get out. But you guys actually like each other still, which is fun to watch. Yeah, we do. Isn't it a funny thing? Yeah, we do. And we know people who are still married who don't like each other. So we feel really fortunate that we do. (laughs) You absolutely are. Well, we've done several episodes here on this Grit and Grace Life podcast um, talking about relationships with men, uh, we kind of did a little inventory and realized we, we've talked a lot about dating, but we haven't actually talked about marriage. And uh, you have reached out to us, friends, and say, hey, can you talk a little bit more about having a healthy marriage on the show? And so here you go. We're going to try to talk a little <laughs> bit more about what makes a good and healthy and strong marriage from somebody who's been married a million years Someone who was married a little over a decade, and um, I definitely have a heart for a marriage. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to be in a dedicated relationship. Maybe it's a dating relationship that you hope will lead to marriage, or maybe you're listening and you're single and you're hoping to one day be in this kind of committed relationship. Hopefully this conversation will be fruitful for you. Okay. Now, Julie, we're going to start with a few tips. I say that facetiously, but a few (laughs) tips off the top of our head. You've heard the one, never go to bed angry. Oh, I've heard that. I did it a lot though. Yeah. Instead, stay up and fight all night. Oh, Yeah. What do you think? Mm, been there. <laughs> but you know, that could be positive or negative. Yeah, I could. You know, don't go to bed angry. Even just if you keep have to talking stay up all about night. it. Yep. Keep yep. talking. Or yeah. sometimes you just lose sleep because you stayed up and fought all night. <laughs> Love is blind, but marriage restores its sight. Oh boy, you do learn everything after you're married. The mm-hmm. things you did not know mm-hmm. about each mm-hmm. other, you learn um, after those I do's are done. Uh, this one needs to be heard by my future husband. <laughs> Always remember these three words. Let's go out. Yeah, there's some days that's way more valuable than I love you. <laughs> Although it's not maybe so fun when you serve him dinner and then he says, let's go out. <laughs> because what? It, it wasn't quite up what to the standards? The, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this one works for me. Beauty fades, but so will his eyesight. So don't worry about it. <laughs> love that. That's awesome. Um, how about this from Anne Bancroft? The best way to get most husbands to do something is to suggest that perhaps they're too old to do it. Boy, that is a killer Has one. Has that worked with Dan? I haven't tried it, but 
You better I, put that yeah, on the... Yeah. He, no, he'd probably sit down and go, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Before marrying someone, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet. You'll see who they really are. Oh, and isn't that the truth? And I think Probably Dan wouldn't have married me if he'd have put me in that situation. If <laughs> he tested you with slow internet? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been pretty. Yeah, actually, me too, now that you say that. There is nothing worse than slow Wi-Fi or no Wi-Fi. Or That's no. actually worse. That is worse. <laughs> that is worse. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, this one's good. Never laugh at your spouse's choices because you are one of them. Boy, didn't that one smack you upside the a head? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Oh. Yeah, it's true. Okay. But, you know, there is there is this desire in us to have this relationship, this committed relationship, the one that transcends dating, transcends living together, mm-hmm. because it, it requires a deeper commitment, mm-hmm. this thing called marriage. Yeah, I know sometimes when you get talking about marriage today, culturally, people are getting married less and less, um, and people are getting divorced more and more, mm-hmm. which just overall, marriage is less common. But I think culturally... We still have, especially as women, we still have this desire deep within us to be in a committed, long-term, legally binding, as unromantic as that sounds, marriage relationship with someone because we know that there's some constancy there. We know that there's um, a level of commitment that we ultimately deeply crave. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And I've heard so many times, well, it's just a piece of paper. Mm. It's a piece of paper that's really hard to get out of. So you've made a really (laughs) deep commitment. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we all want it. And and in addition to just the long-term committed relationship, we want to belong. Mm. We want a constant in our life in this crazy world that we have a place to go home. And there's somebody there that is our person that is that has our back we have their back and it doesn't matter what comes our way we know that we're there together i think this you know this underlying truth that women still desire to be married even if we kind of joke at it or try to say it's not true but that's why shows like the bachelor and the bachelorette <laughs> and the new one the proposal uh, i mean that's why they're still there because at the end of the day most women still ultimately desire to have this commitment even if they're willing to do crazy things to get to it yeah um it's definitely still there so what are some steps to get to a great marriage mm, i think one of the first ones is to realize that you are both still learning. You are both still figuring life out. You didn't marry a man who had it all figured out. And you know what? You don't have it all figured out either when you start this thing. Absolutely. Especially if you married young, you got to be just be okay with the fact that you're going to kind of grow up together. Oh, I don't know if it's even just young. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's virtually any age that you realize you still have a lot to learn and especially about each other. Yeah. I was going to say the truth is, is getting married is a learning season in itself, you know, even if you are on a second marriage and maybe you are more mature and you've kind of found yourself and you've been through some life seasons and maybe you think you know yourself better this round, you're still going to go through a big learning curve pairing your life with somebody else. And you're going to have to just give each other grace um, to learn together through the ups and downs and the daily ins and outs of being married. Yeah. And if you are older, you're remarrying or even marrying for the first time, you have some pretty significant habits that you've established. You've had some ways (laughs) of living that are truly yours. And I think that finding a way to blend those Mm -hmm. together is... It's a big challenge. So at any point, a marriage is a learning curve. 
That's actually a really good point. I was talking to a fellow single mom friend of mine recently, and she did say that. She, she said, I'm starting to wonder if I even want to be married because I kind of have got this rhythm of, you know, her daughter and her, and what would it be like to add somebody new? And um, But at the same time, we were also able to kind of still admit to each other that even though we're trying to find our groove as single moms, we still desire to um, have a companion in life, to have a partner to do, um, you know, those long, confusing days together. Absolutely. I think the next one, pursue the happiness of both partners. There, there is the phrase you hear a million times, happy wife, happy life. That's your favorite, isn't I it? I hate it. <laughs> and I get that you want your wife to be happy, but mm. it shouldn't be one-sided. Mm. That it's not about just making the woman happy or just give her what she wants to hush her up. Um, it really is a mutual happiness that you want your husband to be happy as well. I remember... Um, when I was celebrating our 10-year anniversary, I did um, like a series of social media posts because you guys know once in a while I like to post <laughs> on my social media account. For our 10th anniversary, I kind of was doing a little bit of a, you know, look back to things I had learned about being married. And on one of the days, I remember saying that, you know, a common phrase is that marriage is 50-50. And I said, I'd actually like to um, throw out that marriage should be 100-100 because there are going to be times when... He's not giving 100, but if you're still giving 100, then the relationship can move on. Right. And when you have that mentality of, I'm just going to do my 50%, it's just not going to cut it. No. It's not going to cut it. It's not. And I have to throw this in. You shouldn't be the only one giving 100. That's the pursue happiness from both sides. Mm-hmm. One day you may be the one giving 100. Well, there needs to be another day where he's the one that's giving 100%. Absolutely. You know, there are lots of compromises that you have to make. But one thing I think really helps a marriage is you do some things that each other likes. Mm -hmm. You know, if you got a man that likes to go fishing. If your man likes to go fishing, you're saying once in a while you go with him. You go with him. Absolutely go with him. And if you got a good man and you love to go shopping, occasionally he can go shopping with you. But I think there's also the balance of sometimes you do it together and sometimes you do it on your own, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if they absolutely hate shopping, then go with a friend. You'll probably buy more anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so I think it's that finding, making sure that you have quality time together, taking turns doing things that you both enjoy and purposely doing it for the other person, and then also (laughs) giving each other some space sometimes so that you can both really enjoy the things that you do enjoy without feeling like you're dragging them along. It's that, you know, partnership thing in marriage. Yes, it is. You know, one thing, Julie, that we have talked about here in this little section is that you want to be happy in your marriage. And the truth is, happiness is kind of a fleeting emotion. You know, I may be happy because he took me out to a great meal, but then I may be miserable later because I ate too much. I don't know. And um, then he wants to have sex? Yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, no. Do you, do you understand? I ate the entire lobster? Please, give me a break. Um, yeah, but... It is not that you want a happy marriage, you want a strong marriage. You want a marriage that will endure time. You want a marriage that the commitment is so firm that no matter what hits either one of you, that you'll be able to endure it and endure it together. Yeah, you definitely hear that phrase a lot that I just want to be happy. And I and I've heard it a lot with people who are, you know, frustrated in their marriage and maybe thinking about leaving because in this season or for an extended season, they're no longer happy. And 
I'm not saying that that's not difficult. Um, and you may be hearing this and you might need to talk to somebody. Maybe you need to, um, meet with a therapist and really talk through some of the issues you're experiencing. If you and your husband are not on the same page and he's not willing to work with you about the areas where you feel like you're struggling. Um, but sometimes we do make marriage more about happiness than it's really supposed to be. At the end of the day, it really is about being committed to one another and seeking the other person's happiness, which ultimately does grow your own joy. Like when you know you're putting your partner first and they're doing the same, that's where the strength and the health of a marriage can come from. But you're right. Happiness sometimes can be fleeting. Well, and I think the one thing that you should be doing is heading in the same direction. You and your spouse need to have the same goals. Now, that may mean your goal is we want a healthy marriage. Mm -hmm. And if one of you has that and the other doesn't, then that's not going to work. That's going to be problematic. Mm -hmm. And we're not addressing the marriages that are in deep trouble. We're not addressing the ones where... You know, you've tried everything, and now you know you have to get counseling. You have to get some outside influence to help you navigate these. We're just talking about how to build good marriages into great marriages. And I think part of it is to have mutual goals. You're going the same place. You have the same life direction in your attitudes in what you want out of life. That makes me think of on episode 50 with Dr. Zoe, the last time she joined us, we were talking in that episode more specifically about blended families. Um, but one of the ideas she shared with how to kind of have health in a blended family was to institute um, a weekly meeting mm -hmm. with your spouse to talk great. about how the blending of the family is going. Well, I might suggest that we need to have like a regular checkup. I mean, we take our kid every month or something to get checked up. I know, I know it's not every month. It's at least every year now for like a wellness checkup. <laughs> yeah. But when was the last time I scheduled an intentional conversation with my man? I mean, obviously not me. I don't have a man. Uh, but you. <laughs> but when you do, Somebody you will do me. this. Um, <laughs> but if, you know, you are in a, that in that relationship, I mean, once in a while, you do need to make a point to just on your date night, intentionally have a conversation about what are some of the things we're working toward as a couple? Where do we feel like we're strong right now? Where's where's an area that maybe, you know, you have felt like I've not been giving as much as I used to or, you know, an area where I can maybe um, pursue you more? Like what if you made a point to have those kinds of conversations as a regular health check to allow there to be that growing um, strength in your marriage? No, I love that. And I think in those conversations, you can talk about, how to compromise on the things that aren't important, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and ignore the things that aren't important. Mm. You know, my husband and I, early in our marriage, I am the classic leave the wet towel on the floor wherever I've landed <laughs> with it. It drove him out of his mind. <laughs> he is the guy who leaves the empty water bottle by the bed, by the chair, by the whatever. And that drove Are we me acting crazy. like you don't do that? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. But it didn't drive <laughs> but him when crazy. He did it. Yes. Whoa. Isn't that the truth though That's in marriage? So is whatever you do, if you <laughs> see them doing that. it, it's oh, it's so much worse. Um, but what I'm saying is you kind of have to go, mm -hmm. those really aren't the things that matter. Those yeah. aren't, you know, at the end of the day, he picked up my towel and I picked up his water bottle and we moved on, you yeah, know, totally. but you just have to decide what are the important things. Yeah. It's that whole pick your battles. I mean, we think about it in our parenting. I say it to myself all the time, like this is not worth mentioning. We need to do that in our marriages more than I think we often do because yeah. we feel like we deserve for him to anticipate my every need and apologize first every time and be 
extra communicative and come after me and pursue me. And it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Maybe I need to adjust my expectations. Do you think expectations play a yes. role in the healthy I mean, marriage? instead of expecting your man to be all knowing about every nuance <laughs> of your emotion, you might need to lower the bar a little bit a little and bit. say, occasionally when I go, hey, honey, I'm really having a crappy day and here's what you need to do to fix it. He'll get it. But, you know, to expect him to be able to read your every need or mm-hmm. um, challenge, not going to happen. Oh, I can, I, as you're saying that, I can think to times where I was frustrated because my husband didn't know I was dealing with something. But I also, like in my whatever I was brooding about, you know, in my own life, it's like, like you said, I expected him to know it. And that just added another layer to my frustration. And instead, if I had just gone to the person who had committed his life to me and said, Hey, babe, this is something I'm struggling with. Can we talk about it? Um, That would have been a way healthier idea than just adding a new layer of frustration onto whatever my issue was, which probably had nothing to do with him. Yeah. And the reality is when you're, you say that to your husband and he looks at you with an astounded look, what do you talking about? I had no idea. They really had no idea. <laughs> That's the truth. They They're just, just like, but what's for dinner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go out. <laughs> you know, another thing, Julie, is that you have to recognize that you are two different people. You are two entirely different humans. You will approach things different. You will view things different. And instead of resenting that mm-hmm. and saying, why don't you think like I do? You have to learn to love the way they think. And they need to learn to love the way you think. Because when you mesh those together, you really come up with great compromises, great life direction, great um, things in life. You do. Yeah. I mean, not only are you dealing with the differences between men and women, which are huge. I mean, hello, could we be more different? Um, But you're also obviously going to be dealing with personality differences. And so I think there's a lot of wisdom in just remembering that sometimes we butt heads not because something's wrong with him or something's wrong with me, but it's just because one, we're made different, male and female. Two, we're wired different in personality types. Three, we come at life from different life experiences. You know, the way I was raised is going to be different than the way he was raised. And then my set of challenges or personality, it just makes things different. But when you embrace those challenges, then you can come out stronger on the other side for sure. Yeah, let me give you a simple one. Here's what a man would absolutely be ecstatic about is if his woman showed up naked and brought food. What? It's true. Think about it, Julie. (laughs) It is so true. Women, on the other hand, Julie, need a man to be her best friend, to share his thoughts, even if he doesn't have any. You're right. I mean, we can boil it down to as simple as this. Men like to be uh, visually stimulated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And women need to be emotionally stimulated. It's true. So let's just call it what it is and (laughs) learn to work those things to our mutual benefit. Yeah. So if you want a new car, just feed him food without clothes on. What do you think? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That would totally have worked with my husband. All right. Robert C. Dodds has actually been quoted as saying, the goal in marriage is not to think alike, but to think together. Oh. And I think that's really smart. So, I mean, that just goes to being okay with coming at thoughts and opinions and ideas differently and learning to make them work together. Yeah. And again, I think what we need to realize, it's like when you're in business together, you have, you sit around a table to plan something. Well, you want every brain involved. You want every talent involved because you get a better product. Well, it's that way in marriage, too, that if you choose to unite your talents, your abilities, your insights, your views, and make decisions together, you get better decisions. 
Now, some women hear that, you know, making decisions conversation and they get confused, especially women in the church. Like, do I get any say when it comes to decisions or isn't it just all up to my husband? Like, tell me a little bit about that. What do you think oh, about shoot that? shoot fire. Don't start. Yeah, no, I think... You just um, got real Southern. I did. Shoot I get fire. Southern when I get... <laughs> this topic really gets excited. you on fire. <laughs> yes, Shoot does. fire. Do it. Yeah, because... We didn't check our brain at the door when we got married. It doesn't say on your marriage license, all right, woman, you will no longer think or contribute to the mental process or the decision-making process. You know, I do believe in leadership in a family. I absolutely do. But I also believe that you, as a woman, with your talents and your abilities, have enormously valuable information and perspective that you provide to any decision. And if you marry a man who says you don't, well, he's missing out. He is missing out on what can be. So again, I think you do it together. If you blend who you are and what you're capable of together then you do get a better product. You get a better result. I completely agree with you on that. We just, we get that question a lot. Like, mm, yeah. how do I balance that? You know, there's that, that S word no one wants to talk about submission. And I think your approach to, you know, marriage is ultimately a partnership. Sure. At the end of the day, somebody has to be the leader, but that doesn't mean that we're silent and we don't get a role and a say. I mean, going back to the truth is, as we, as women, most of us have that inner desire to be married. It's because we were actually created to complement man, you know, Eve was made to be the partner in life um, for Adam. And so we have that desire and we have that ability. And so we have to stand up and say what we believe and what we think and have, you know, meaningful, balanced conversations with our partners. So if you handle finances different than your husband, then you need to learn how to talk through those things and come to an agreement on how are the family finances going to be handled? Are you better at it or is he? And kind of what's your spending patterns and just come to an agreement and then stick to it. Yeah. And and find what works for each of you. I had a dear friend whose husband had an impeccable budget mm-hmm. and it made her crazy. So he <laughs> oh, put, like super specific. Yeah, super specific. Mm-hmm. Every single penny was accounted for. So she didn't know how to function in that world. She was too creative. She was too <laughs> out of the box. So he made a lo- budget line item that said Carol's free money. And she could do anything she wanted with it. Yeah. Yeah. So So he figured out how to work with her and Mm -hmm. not let things get crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes we get kind of bogged down in little details of like, well, I want to decorate the house this way, or I want to live in this city, or, um, you know, I want to work or not work and his job and this job. And it's like, we've just got to learn how to care about the marriage as a whole and prioritize the marriage as a whole and let there be some give and take, some mature, intentional conversations, um, believing the best about one another, wanting the best for one another, and just kind of having those shared goals that you're working toward together in order for there to be health. Yeah. And I think, you know, you might have mastered how to compromise on a whole lot of issues, whether it's finances, where you live, how you live, and then you have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard at first. It is because... The adjustment. You do. And you have different views on maybe how they're punished, when they're punished, if they're punished, should they be clean, should they not be clean, should their clothes (laughs) match, should their clothes not match? What are they allowed to eat? What are Mm. they not allowed to eat? Again, you're back at square one. You have got to find your compromises and you have to be on the same page. Mm. 
Yep, you're right. Parenting is a whole new ball game. But again, if you're committed to one another and committed to the marriage, you just work through those things one issue at a time. Here's another area that I know I get a lot of questions about, um, and it's how to handle differences um, with your man when it comes to faith. So mm. maybe you've married somebody who either is or isn't a Christian and you're on the opposite spectrum. Or maybe you do share your faith, but he's maybe not pursuing his faith as much as you are. And and I, I've talked to a lot of wives who get frustrated than that. And then that really creates a divide and um, space between them in their marriage. And um, what would you say to that? Mm. I think the worst thing you can do is not honor his view, even if it's not embracing your faith. Mm. You don't need to beat him over the head and say, you're right and he's wrong. You simply need to live out your faith. You need to show why your faith is valuable by your very actions toward him. Because if you're constantly nagging him, go to church with me, go do this with me, read your Bible with me. Oh, you want a Bible? Here, I'll hit you over the head with it. You know, <laughs> it does not make it better. Yeah, there's nothing know? attractive about that. No, there's nothing attractive. And if you don't respect him, even if he doesn't believe mm. as you do, you'll never have the opportunity to see him find your faith. I know I have had a lot of friends who have struggled with this. And honestly, this was a struggle in my marriage. Um, you know, I was I was definitely more um, passionate about my faith for most of my marriage. Um, and so I totally get this struggle. So hear me that I'm coming from experience in this. But I think one of the biggest things that worked for me was to have trusted friends who also shared my faith that I could talk to about this issue um, who would encourage me in my faith, but also encourage me in the fact that I was to love and respect my husband, even if his, um, his faith didn't look the way I thought it should in this season. Again, because what you're saying is that doesn't reflect well on my faith to my husband, who I want to grow in faith, like equation, math equation. I'm like, I'm not good at math, but that literally <laughs> doesn't add up. And so I need women in my life who can remind me of that when, you know what? It's another six months where I feel like he's not gone to church with me and I'm frustrated and I want to go down the wrong way to try to solve this issue. So I think sometimes just surrounding yourself with other people who can share that faith connection and kind of remind you of the truths that you want to be living out, even when you find yourself in a difficult spot, can be the thing that really will help you hold on and continue to show love and respect your husband even when this is a struggle for you. Well, and I think what you just said is it may not look like you want it to look. That doesn't mean there's not faith mm -hmm. in his heart. That doesn't mean that, mm -hmm. you know, he may be living it out differently. He may be in a different place in his relationship with God than you are. Mm -hmm. God may be asking different things of him than he's asking of you. So you don't need to put it in your box. Mm -hmm. You need to just trust that it'll be in God's box the way he wants it. Can I also just do another caveat? You know, this is a big area for me. So as a um, now single again, um, I'll speak to the single woman who um, is dating somebody or thinking about dating somebody or wanting to date, period. And um, hey, there's a guy and he's interested in me. But, and you know, he's cute. He's cute. And, um, you know, he's available. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he doesn't love God and you do. I would just caution you 
that to get into a new relationship with somebody, or you're even, even if you're early on and you start to notice that you don't match up in this area, I promise you, you don't want to settle for this because it will be a big growing issue for you as you would move deeper into a relationship. And you know what? Not just in faith, in any of these areas where we've struggled. If you find yourself really frustrated because you and the guy you're with, not married to, but you're with, don't see eye to eye and you're just in a dating relationship, I know it's hard to hear, but it'll be easier to walk away now than to settle and let that frustration grow over time and end up in something that is less than what you really deserve or ultimately want. You bet. You're absolutely right. I'm talking to myself there. So, All right. One thing that we need to remember is a marriage is not just about sharing the good times. Mm -hmm. It's about sharing Mm -hmm. the difficult times, the difficult financial times, the loss of a job, the loss of a family member, you know, a miscarriage. It doesn't matter what the hard time is. You are sharing life. You know, some friends of ours gave us a a plaque one day that said, we're in it together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you have to approach everything in your marriage is we are in it together. No matter what it is, Mm -hmm. we're going to do it together. I mean, in the traditional wedding vows that most people said, what do we say for better or for worse till Mm -hmm. death do us part? And um, I think a lot of us, we mean that on our wedding day and then that worst part shows up in our marriage (laughs) and we start to really wonder, did I really mean it or can I really do it? And I I love that. We're in it. We're in this together. And we're going to push through. Yep. Yeah. The happiest couple doesn't have the best of everything, but they make the best of everything. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. So, Because you don't have to have all the possessions, the great house, the perfect children. You don't have to have... Oh, good. (laughs) 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 My house is a mess and my child is not perfect. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to have that. You just have to make the best of whatever it is you have. All right, let's wrap this one up, Dar. What are some final tips to the married woman, or as I like to say, the wannabe wife, um, <laughs> who who can um, you know kind of apply these in the relationship that she's either in or hopes to be in for having a healthy, strong relationship? Mm, start with just speaking kindly. Mm. You know, you say sweet things to the man that you're dating. <laughs> Why does it become really not sweet anymore after you're married? Oh, it's so true. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> uh, yeah, we actually, um, we had a on our Instagram recently on our Facebook, uh, a quote board that just said, stay kind. It makes you beautiful. So maybe that's something to remember. If you want your man to think you're beautiful, stay kind. Stay kind. I Absolutely. like mm-hmm. uh, you, you put this, and I used to say this about Paul all the time. Your man needs you to be his cheerleader. Oh, they do. Now, I wasn't a cheerleader. I was in the marching band. So when I didn't I would... even like cheerleaders. Sorry, cheerleaders <laughs> out there. I thought y'all were just a little Aww. bouncy for me. <laughs> a little bouncy. But um, yeah, we get to, you know, honestly, it's like, I'm going to pull the widow card right now and just say like, hey, you get to be his cheerleader. Yeah. And so just don't take it lightly and recognize that there's no one else in his life that has the responsibility to be his cheerleader in all things. That's your job. Yeah. So do it. Yeah. All right. Say, I love you outside of sex, but women say it with sex too. Okay. Can you, uh, maybe this shouldn't be clarified, but what are you saying here? I'm saying, you know, you love your man. So show him in every single way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a physical relationship is part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, a man, there are, I'm going to be very frank here. There are a million women out there that might like your man. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And he needs to know that he is important to you physically. Mm-hmm. He needs to know that you love him physically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, often make sure. Often that's how he knows you do. It is. Yeah. It is very often how he knows it. Again, they're not all about warm and fuzzy conversations. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's part of a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, that does not mean, again, when you have had a really heavy dinner or you've had a really crappy day, you know, <laughs> understandable. Again, it's compromise. But don't forget that that's important to him. We need to be able to forgive and leave things behind. Man, easier oh, said than done. Yeah, leaving it behind. I mean, you can say, I forgive you, but next week I may have to bring it up mm, again. Yeah, we got to stop doing that, Yeah, ladies. we do. Definitely got to stop doing that. Yeah. Oh, this is such a good phrase. You will not drift together, only apart. So you have to make time to be together. So if you're starting to sense that you and your man are drifting apart... It's not going to get better if you give it time. I have heard people say, well, I feel like we're kind of drifting apart, so I'm just going to give it a little bit of time. All that that time is going to do is going to allow more space to get between you. So that's where you need to go to your man in a non-nagging way, friends, uh-huh. <laughs> in a pursuing him kind of way, maybe naked with food. I don't know. <laughs> hey, he'll maybe be happy. with sex. I don't know. <laughs> um, but have that conversation of, hey, I'm feeling distant and not in a like shaming him for the fact that you're feeling distant, but in a I miss you kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you start to feel that drifting apart, it's only going to get worse if you don't jump on it. Yep. All right. How about this one? Don't say everything that is on your mind. (laughs) We're laughing. I mean, there's not enough time in the day to say everything that's on my mind. (laughs) It's like a pinball machine. Oh, but we need that reminder often as ladies. Sometimes you need to take that little phrase that you're thinking and just write it in a journal, (laughs) never to be seen by somebody else. Or maybe you can share it with your bestie. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also would caution you not to say every horrible thing that you think about your husband to other people because they won't forget it. Oh, no. Sometimes we say things that never should be said in the heat of the moment that then we can't take back and we're harming our husband's reputation in the lives of people that love him and love you and that's going to be difficult for you down the road. So you might need to rethink all the things that you're thinking and then saying to other people, sometimes you just need to say it to God and then move on. Absolutely. Good point, Julie Graham. All right. Say yes more frequently than no. All right. Okay. Talk to me about this. Well, I mean, he, again, he might want to go fishing or he might want to do paint the room another color. And your immediate response is no. Sometimes you don't even know why you say no. You just go. (laughs) Just to be. Just to say no. Just just to say no. Just to say no. Mm. So, you know, balance it a little bit. If you're amiable to things that you may not um, delight in, Mm. you know, it it actually is a whole lot in the credit column. And that's for both spouses where you need to say, yes, I will participate in what's important to you more than I say no for a good reason, saying no. Yeah, I think that goes back to that, like finding the balance of what's worth it and what's not. Like, yeah, we can make that work. And if it doesn't work, we can talk about it later. Yep. All right, last thing. Man, don't forget to laugh. It's true. It's such like, they say, isn't that what they say? Laughter is the best medicine. It is. And in marriage, it absolutely is. And if you can't sit back and laugh at some of the nonsense that life brings you, it makes the nonsense more magnified. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. That's something I'm really hopeful and looking forward to in potentially a new dating relationship or to marry again, to have somebody to laugh with. Okay. We've talked today about marriage and how to work toward making a good one. And if you're not, you know, 
catalog a few of those. You're not alone if you're you, not, girl. No, you're <laughs> you not. and me, sister. <laughs> That's right. Um, but we do have a few articles on the website that we'll put in the show notes about finding a good man, yeah. how to avoid a bad man. But um, we'll share a little bit about that if you'd like to know more. Absolutely. I'm going to link to one of Darlene's articles, actually, Seven Things to Look For in a Man. That's a nice short and sweet, but like as you're, you know, swiping on your dating app or, you know, at being set up by friends, things to consider. And then I also really loved Jordan Hawkins, Five Guys Your Mother Warned You About. Oh, That one was a really great. cute and like creative way to like remind you of things that you want to see as red flags if you notice in a guy that you might be dating. Yep. So now we've discussed how to make a strong marriage. Again, not necessarily an everyday happy marriage, but a strong, healthy marriage. And we hope that you do that. But we're going to end this, like we do, with a quote that I think is really valuable to you. To keep marriage brimming with love, whenever you're wrong, admit it. Whenever you're right, shut up. Thank you, Ogden Nash. Oh, that is awesome. Those are definitely some wise words to keep in mind as you continue to live your marriage with both grit and grace. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.